Welcome to Greensburg Baptist Church. We welcome our church family and also our visiting friends. Thank you for coming to worship with us. To find out more about Greensburg Baptist Church, our upcoming events, and other church activities, visit our website anytime at greensburgbaptist.com. Early uh, one morning this, this past week, uh, I've been reading through, um, finished the book of Titus and Philemon, and then came into the book of Hebrews. And in the midst of reading through it, Emily and I came into a dialogue of disagreement, otherwise known as an argument or fight, right? You ever had those? Sounds better to say a dialogue of disagreement, right? And so we're just having this moment, and in, in the midst of it, I make this decision that, you know what, just the rest of the day, I think I can just go without talking to you. Right, like I'll, I'll I'll do my job as husband, right? Like I can I can help take care of the kids, right? Or father, right? I, I can do those things, things around the house, but like like when it comes to like much interaction, like dialogue with you, like it's like lock, seal, barricade, right? The old like you remember in school, some of you used to do this, like you zipped your lips and threw away the key. Any of you remember doing that, right? Like can't talk or I won't talk and. Right, so I, I'm in the midst of this, right? So I want to remind you, it's like this it's classic, right, like for stonewalling is what that's kind of called, right? Some of you are stonewallers. Things don't go your way or if you get upset about things, man, you just stonewall people out. You don't talk. You can shut them off. You just, or you give the little simple, yeah, no, right? Like, I mean, those quick, no responses back. And, and I want to remind you, this is all happening while I, I literally, I, I'm reading my Bible, right? So I think it's like one of those, just those moments of, don't think that like because you're reading your Bible or because you're attending the church or because you're doing these things like that you're immune to temptation. Like we're all capable, right? I mean, we all deal with temptation and, and oftentimes temptation comes in moments, right? Like even in the midst of worship here this morning, you might be dealing with temptations. Temptations not pay attention. Temptations maybe to distract. Temptations maybe to talk with others about things. Temptations to war against people in your mind. Temptations, right, like to just all these different moments of Satan just trying to get you away or to get you away from God's Word. So just because you're in God's Word and involved in a worship service doesn't mean that you and I are not above being tempted to check out. Or And so here's what happens, right? I make this intentional decision. Like, I'm just, you know what, I'm just going to check out today. That's how it is, right? That's uh, Hey, guess what? Well, I, I can play hardball, so to speak, right? And then this literally, this is where I am in Hebrews 3. The moment I make that decision, this is the text I read. Therefore, verse 7 of Hebrews 3, this is where we're going to be today. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear His voice, do not what? Do not harden your hearts. And here's 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 what I do. Okay? Dialogue of disagreement again, right? You can make this application. I'm sure you, you've had it in moments of relationships with people and things and coworkers and all kinds of moments. You, you've had them, parents and kids, and I mean, you can just—it just fits so many areas. So I read that text, right? And I'm having this moment, like I'm just—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm pushing back today. And I said, "Lord, the Lord said, Blake, did you did you read that? Do not harden your hearts." And I said, "Well, well, Lord." I just want to, I want to clarify this right now. Me and you are good. The problem's me and him right now, right? Like, me and you are good. I, I'm good with you. The problem's just like, I, God, me and you, are, we're on the same page, but I'm just pretty ticked right now. I'm pretty upset, right, about th this dialogue that we're having that, that maybe things aren't looking at from my vantage point or whatever it may be, right? I mean, 
And I'm not kidding you, the moment that thought comes through, right? Like, I'm okay with you, God, but I'm just not okay with her. The Holy Spirit just, boom, pricks me at this verse. 1 John chapter 4, verse 20. If anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother or sister, he is a liar. For the person, this is it, right? This is what the Spirit led me to. Again, boom, he said, just a moment, that moment. I said, I'm, I'm, I hear your word, God. Don't be, don't harden your heart. I'm not hardening my heart towards you. I'm just hardening it toward that person. This is the, the immediately the Spirit lays on my heart, First John 4, right? So some of you, right, as you think about like the Psalms, it says, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not what? Sin against you. That's why we hide God's word in our heart, because the Spirit brings it up. The Spirit causes it to come to our attention in these moments of temptation, these moments when we are given in to possibly weakness and a frailty and a fall away from the living God. And so the Spirit says to me, Blake, you know what First John 4 says. For the person who does not love his brother or sister. So again, this is about loving his brother or sister whom he has what? Whom he has seen. And then this statement. Can not love who? God. Whom he has not seen. Right? Because I said to God, like, I'm God, I'm good with you. I'm just not good with her. And some of you are there, right? I mean, you're good. You say you're good with God, but you're just not okay with that person at work. You're not okay with that person in community. You're not okay with the person... Maybe in the pew next to you or across the way. Some of you are not okay with, with, with parents and kids. Some of you, right, you just have moments of people like you're just really struggling with. And, and God's word would just push back to you this morning as the Spirit did to me that morning and just say, listen, how can you say that you love a God who you cannot see when you don't love the people that you can see? God says that person is a liar. And here's the moment for me that was terrifying. The Spirit recalls that verse to me there in 1 John 4. I was paralyzed for a moment. I knew it was the truth. I knew what I needed to do. And here's the honesty. I wanted to find some way around it. And my guess is some of you are there. You know what God's Word says on certain things, and yet you're looking for ways around it. The Spirit pricks you in that moment where you have that thought toward that person or you're given into that moment of gossip or you're given into that lustful glance or that next click or that next tap right on your screen. Like, you know, the spirit says, don't touch that. Don't say that. Don't continue this dialogue. Right. That person's not your spouse or don't speak to your parents that way. Or listen, I mean, you have these moments when when the spirit is saying, don't do it. And you just find just some way you could just maybe just skirt around it. Beloved. It's the hardening of our hearts. And what I want us to see today is it's absolutely terrifying. So this moment, right? I mean, I'll be honest, this sermon's more for me than it is for you. I'm just being straight with you, right? This is just something that God's just been working on me on the last day or so. And I just I've just needed it. Some of you, right, you may leave this morning thinking, dude, that guy is a piece of work, Right? But there's a possibility that there might be at least one other person in here. There might just be one of you in this place this morning. That you're struggling with the hardness of your own heart. Again, maybe some of you, it's for things like years in the past. 
family or people in the community that did you or your family wrong or a church. Some of you, listen, you've come from other churches and other churches have done you wrong. And you, you just almost despise to even think about that church. You pass those people in at, the, at Subway or you're in that, at the gas station. You just feel like you can't even look at that person. For some of you, that's your spouse and it's the person you lay next to night after night. It's the people that live in your own home. It's the person that you call mother or father, son or daughter. And so the reality is if we're not careful today, we can hear God's word And in our angry moments, in those moments, we can just begin to push God's word away. So I want to maybe offer to your soul and to my soul maybe just three things today specifically. And and the first one will be this. What does it mean to harden your heart? Right? I mean, we hear that word there in verse 8. Do not harden your heart. We know that God's word says specifically don't do it. But what's that even mean? Like, what's it mean to harden your heart? Secondly, we're going to ask, what's even the danger in hardening your heart? Like, what's the big deal about hardening my heart toward God or toward others? And then thirdly, how do we overcome it? Or how might I today soften my heart if I hear this and the Spirit pricks me and says, that's you. You're like that dude behind the pulpit. You've got some issues. So first, what does it mean to harden your heart? Return back with me, Wood. Hebrews chapter 3. Beginning verse 7. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear His voice. Notice again, several things that just that, that just help us zone in. The Holy Spirit says, right, he's, he's going to cite Old Testament. So He's saying, listen, just as Peter says right there, when he talks about the fact that no Scripture was written by man's own thoughts, he's saying, listen, the Old Testament, indeed the New Testament, was ultimately all written by the power of the Holy Spirit. No man read of his, wrote of his own accord, but they were carried along. There was the Spirit at work. So he says, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, and he's citing Old Testament, saying, Old Testament's not just an old book. It's the Spirit of God that spoke through those men as they wrote these words. So it wasn't man's word, but God's word. So look what he says, therefore, as the Holy Spirit says today, if you hear his voice. So now we have father speaking, we have the Holy Spirit speaking. So a couple things there just to bring you to attention. Look what he says, do not harden your hearts. The hardening of the hearts in which he's referring to here in this context is, is he's looking back to a passage, Psalm 95, we don't have time today, Psalm 95, 7 through 11. He's quoting from that. But Psalm 95, 7 through 11 is based upon Exodus chapter 17. And, and that's rooted in the story of the people, the Hebrew people who were in Egyptian bondage. And they cried out to God, God have mercy, deliver us. Right? How many years have they been in slavery? Remember? 400, right? God deliver us. And God does a mighty, all these plagues. And finally, right, the, the angel comes and, and it brings to death all the firstborn. They didn't have the blood of the doorpost. And they say, finally, Pharaoh says, get out of my land. And, and they're out and they come to the Red Sea. And God, by the might and power, which only God could do, what did he do with the waters? Do you remember? He parted them, right? The people, it says they walked through on dry ground. But it didn't take long for those very people who had seen the great and mighty works of God to soon find themselves grumbling and complaining. And the writer here says, hardening their hearts. To harden means to become dull and unresponsive. 
It strengthens your heart, right, to continue to go further and further in unbelief or disbelief, right? You just keep the further and further closing God's word. You keep pushing it back a little bit more because it doesn't fit with your life. It doesn't fit with the culture in which you live. It doesn't fit contextually with what you desire and would like. And so you begin to think you know more than God and his word knows. And slowly, little by little, you start to harden your heart to God and the things of God. And the writer of Hebrews is writing now to Christians in the New Testament saying, don't think it can't happen to you. Be careful this morning if you hear this message and you think this is for somebody else. I wish they were hearing it. The writer of Hebrews says, no, it's for you. Your own heart can be so hard toward God and toward others and the things of God and his word. And so he says, listen, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. Look what happens here. Do not harden your hearts. Verse eight, as in the rebellion. So look, notice he says here that the hardening of hearts is connected to rebellion. Right. So we have hardening hearts and it's connected to rebellion. Remember, it says on the day of testing the wilderness where your fathers put me to the test and saw my works for 40 years. Further, look with me. He quotes it again. Verse 15, as it is said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. And listen to what he says. For who were those who notice what he says about them? This hardening of hearts. Who were those who heard and yet rebelled? So this rebellion, this hardening of hearts is connected not only to rebellion, but specifically it's saying those who have heard God's word and they refuse it. There's a hardening of the heart that comes in those moments when we begin to hear God's word. Right. It's not that we don't know God's word. We're hearing God's word. We just don't want God's word. It doesn't fit well. It doesn't land well with us. And so we begin to push back on God's word just as they did there when God had brought them out. They just began to rebel against God. Right? And that's what was so terrifying for me as I think back on the other day. I'd heard God's word. Right? I read it there in Hebrews chapter 3, verse 8. And immediately I thought there's got to be some way around it. And then the Spirit says, 1 John chapter 4, verse 20. Right? How can you be right with, with me, Blake, who you can't see when you're not right with those that you can see? And my heart still wanted a way around God's word because I just wanted to be mad. I wanted to prove my point. Ultimately, it's just oftentimes it's our pride, right? Who are you to do me wrong? How could you do that to my family? How could you do that to me? How could you act that way toward, right? I mean, to me in this community, right? There's these moments where our pride is just, it's just, it's pricked. We're like, how are, how could you not meet my need? How could you not think more of me than you do yourself? I mean, there's just these moments when we began just to struggle with the hardness of our hearts toward others. And the writer of Hebrews calls it, as he quotes the Old Testament, indeed, rebellion. Rebellion is the recognition, right, that sex outside of marriage is sin, and yet we just keep rebelling and going forward with it. We know that we shouldn't lie to our parents, yet what mom and dad don't know won't what? Won't hurt them. We call, right, we're called to be patient and forgive others in the church or in the community at large, even amongst other people, political parties that you disagree with. But man, you just find yourself seething with anger about those people. 
How could they have that kind of view? And if you're not careful, you just begin to rebel and not forgive as God has forgiven you. You don't show mercy even though God has shown it to you. You don't hear words like Ephesians 4 and 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as God in Christ forgave you. And if you're not careful, beloved, your heart will just grow calloused and hard. Secondly, the healing of our heart or the hardening of our hearts happens as we fail to trust God. Look what he says here, verse 9. He says, listen, where your fathers put me, what? To the what? To the test. There's a testing of God. They saw my works for 40 years. He says, listen, there came this moment in which they began to test God. Right? I mean, what happened was is the Israelite people had been, been delivered out of Egypt. They had come into the promised land. And they get in the promised land and there comes a moment in which they don't have anything to drink and they just begin to go bananas. Right? I mean, we can understand that, right? It's hard, right? I mean, if you're really, really, really thirsty and you don't have something to drink or imagine you're somewhere like in, and your family is really, really hungry and you don't have anything to feed them, like what you might be tempted to do, like how hard that might be. And it says the people, even though they'd seen God do all of these amazing things, just began to grumble against him and against Moses. And they said, you know what? It would have been better if we were still back in Egypt. That's how delusional sin is. You think it'd be better if you just went back into sin. Right? I mean, listen, they are putting God to the test. So this this rebellious heart, this hardening of our heart is beginning a moment in which we begin to fail to trust that God is actually good. Right? I mean, listen, 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 listen. I want you to hear this. We all struggle with this temptation. I don't know anyone who hasn't gone through some type of serious loss or serious struggle that they haven't had moments when they began to wonder, is God actually good? Does he really even love us? That's why we must take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Because if we're not careful, beloved, you, me in that room, we will find a way just to begin to push God off and push his word away. But we must realize in those moments that God is still good. He changes not. And listen, it's kind of showing my hand a little bit. But where the text is going to take us is saying the reality is none of us are strong enough on our own to endure that. And what he's going to, this is going to be my third point. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you because I want you to hear it and know it. He says that what you and I desperately need is the church. He says, you can't do it alone. You need the church. We're going to come to that in a moment. So listen, I, I just want to encourage you, those moments. Listen, when we cry out to God for that mercy and the grace and the forgiveness, and it feels so good to be forgiven and, and, and to, to have this hope and desire of going to heaven, and it, that is great when God delivers us out of bondage, right? He breaks those chains but sometime, listen, at some point, weeks later or months later or years later, you're going to experience some wilderness. And in those moments, listen, the temptation is, is to wonder, is God actually good? Is he worthy of my obedience? Is he worthy of my trust now? And, and your heart, listen, if you're not careful, right? I mean, it talks about that, that the prophets warn us. 
The heart is deceitful above all else. Who can trust it? Who can know it? If you're not careful, as, as Proverbs says, trust in the Lord with your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge what? Him and He will what? Direct your path. The Bible continually is warning all of us of the danger of following our own way in our own hearts because they will lead us astray. So instead, we must recommit this morning again. If you're struggling like me, just with dealing with some hardness of heart and moments of your life, I want to call you this morning to come to the one who can truly break those chains. But again, these people are putting God to the test. This week, as I've been dealing with some of this, I just this this. Him has been on my heart. Come thou fount of every blessing. It says, here I raise my Ebenezer, the stone of remembrance. Here there by thy great help I've come. And I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. Jesus sought me when a stranger. Wandering from the fault of God. He to rescue me from danger. Listen to how he did it. Listen to how he rescued you from danger. This is the rescue today. If you sense the hardness of your heart, I want you to know today there is a rescue for it. There's a remedy. There is there's some bomb of healing. Listen to how he did it. Listen to how he rescued us from the hardness of our hearts. Listen to this. Interposed what? It's precious blood. There's no other way to overcome the hardness of the heart than Christ having to give his life for you and I. That God would change our hearts. We're going to get there in a moment. This is it. So I've just been thinking about it. God, please, thank you for the blood of Christ. God, cleanse me. Change my heart. I don't want to feel that way toward my bride, Lord. You've called us to be one. Lord, I don't want to feel that way toward people in the community, God. I don't, I don't want to have those thoughts toward people in my own family, God. Lord, I don't want to feel wrong by others in the church. Like, I mean, I don't know where you're dealing with issues or struggles you may have. But you've got a war against the hardness of the heart, beloved. And the blood of Christ will cleanse every stain. Secondly, we've heard just briefly what is, right, the hardness of the heart. But maybe we need to ask another question. What's even the danger of hardening your heart? What's the big deal? What's the big deal with all of this anyway, right? What's the danger of you and I hardening our heart toward God and toward others? Listen, listen. Listen what he says, verse 11. As I swore in my wrath, look what he says here. They shall not enter my rest. Take care, brothers. Listen to this, take care. Some translations render that there, watch. It's an it's, it's indication of, of being vigilant. Take care, brothers. Take care, brothers and sisters. Lest there be any of you. Look, listen to how he defines this, this hardening of our heart that begins to happen. An evil, unbelieving heart. And listen, this is, this is what's terrifying. I want, I want you to hear this today. I want this to land on you from God's word. It's the hardening of our hearts. It's leading you somewhere. I want you to see this. This is from God's word this morning. This is the spirit of God speaking to you this morning through his word. Leading you to what? Fall away. And who are you falling away from? The living God. That's what's terrifying about this. That is what is, listen, this, this, 
Your soul is at stake this morning. This is, what I'm trying, this is what the writer's trying to tell us. Your soul is at stake today. Take care, brothers and sisters, lest there be any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you somewhere. It's leading you somewhere, and it's not leading you to the cross. Your heart's not leading you there. Your heart's actually leading you somewhere else. It's leading you away from the living God, the loving God, the God who gave His life for you, even in the midst of your sin. That's the, it's leading you away. Your heart is leading you there. You must war against this with all of your being. And listen, beloved, you must have the church. And you must be in Christ. The Spirit of God would come and war against that because only the power of Christ can overcome our hearts. It, it's, it's a terrifying moment. Listen to me, it's, it's just leading and the danger is, listen, like in moments we just are tending to close up and give close up shop on God. If that's who God is, then then why do I want him or need him anyway, right? I mean, like I prayed and prayed and that job didn't happen for me and somebody else got it. Right? I mean, you, you've had those moments when right, you wonder, like, if God's so good, then, then, then why didn't he heal that person that I prayed for? Or why didn't he stop that terrible accident? Or why didn't he stop that from happening? Right? I mean, you've had those moments when you just wondered, God, if you're really good, you would have done this. And listen, and, and, and what happens in those moments is we start to doubt that unbelief begins to seep in our hearts. And we wonder, man, is he even good? And little by little, you start to fall away. And listen, the falling away happens not only in our relationship with God, it happens in our relationship with others, doesn't it? When they don't do what you expect, when that spouse doesn't meet your communication needs or that physical needs, like when mom and dad don't approve what you so think they should approve, right? Like when that teacher at school doesn't do what you, like, I mean, like, they just don't do what you think they should do. When that person in the community, they, they, they wrong you, they hurt you. When the person in this church or maybe another church in which you came from did you wrong. Like, I mean, if you're not really careful, if you're not careful, beloved, listen, listen to all of us today. This is a desperate cry of grace. If you're not careful today, you will harden your heart toward God. And you're not careful, you'll begin to harden your heart toward others. I'm done. I'm done with that person. You can't even, you can't even pass them in the hallway, right? You, I mean, you see them at work and you like, you can't even look at that person. You meet their car in town and, and you're, you're a waving. Some of you are waving people, but you see them, you can't even wave at them. And so what happens? You begin to fall away in that relationship. Do you see it? That relationship begins to grow distant. In the same way it happens with us and God, we just begin to push back. And our hearts become hard toward Him. And the Scripture warns, it's leading us somewhere. It's leading you somewhere. And the danger is you're going to fall away from the living God. Now, some of you listen, you're here tonight and you're saying, well, does that mean I can lose my salvation? Quickly, the answer is no. But we need to walk through this text because I'm fearful that some of us, right, we hear that once saved, always saved, and we think that just means we can live any way we want. And the writer of Hebrews is warning against that lifestyle. He's warning against that. So tonight, if you're interested, then maybe you'd come back and we're going to walk through just some more here in Hebrews chapter 3 and try to answer that question. How can we be secure in our salvation and yet still warring in the flesh? So if that interests you or whatever, I hope and pray you'll be there.
listen to what he says here. Verse 13. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that, look what he says here, this is important, that none of you may be, look what notice he says here, hardened. Okay, so this is what we're after, the hardness of our hearts, right? Do not be deceived, right? Don't harden your hearts, that's what we're after. So listen, he's telling you here, that none of you may be hardened. And listen, how he's going to show you, how does hardening happen, right? How does our hearts become hard? This is the scripture helping you explain it. Bye, look at that, bye. The scripture's just going to tell you, right? And this is, here's how it happens. The hardening of the heart happens by what? The deceitfulness of what? Of sin. The danger in the hardening of our hearts toward God or toward others is that we often don't recognize it, we don't care, we don't think it's that big a deal. Or maybe even it's scary, we may think it's justified. And he's saying, listen, the Bible says that we are being deceived by sin. Sin is deceiving us. It's, it's grooming your desires for the things of the world and it's hardening your heart to God. That's, that's sin's doing. It's grooming your desire for things other than God. And it, it's, 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 just, it's deceitful. Like we don't see it. We don't recognize it happening right before us. Listen, listen. I try to tell my boys. I had this conversation this past week. I was, we were riding up the road, um, right here by the church, and I, I had an unnamed four-year-old in my family tell me, Dad, you're not the boss of me. Uh, I was like, all right, checkmate, bro, I'm with you. And I say, well, all right, well, well, who is the boss of you? God's the boss of me, Dad. I said, do you know that the Bible says that God put Mom and Dad and or whoever your leadership is in your family in charge? It says, children, obey your parents and everything for this pleases the Lord. You know what the four-year-old says back to me? It might say that, but God's still my boss and you're not. (laughs) It's deceiving, isn't it? Even to a four-year-old. Right? I mean, even at four, we already know. You tell me something I don't like, I'm not going to do that. Or I'm going to come against your leadership, your authority. And it's deceiving, right? We think it sounds good, like you're not the boss of me. God is. It's that, that, dude, that sounds so spiritual and so right. Even at four. And that's why it's so deceiving and so deadly and can be so damning to your soul. It'll condemn you before a living God. To reject His word and His authority and ultimately Christ's sacrifice on your behalf. You will just begin to reject that. You don't need that. That's weakness. That's crutch. That's for other people. I'm okay. I'm better than all these other people I see in the church. I'm better than all the other people I see in the community. I'll surely be fine. No, you're measured against the holiness of God. And no one will measure up. And it's deceiving. And if you're not careful, it will harden your heart to this beloved word and the blessed Savior dying on the cross for your sins. It's deceitful. Maybe if you're like me or like my four-year-old, you still struggle. And here's where I want to warn you. That's what he says back in verse 11. As I swore in my wrath, they, look what he says here about them, they shall not enter where? My rest. Further with me, verse 19. So we see that they were unable to enter. And he tells us why they were unable to enter 
He's talking about the promised land, but he's using the promised land physically to speak of something spiritually greater. They were unable to enter. Listen, if you wonder, why will I not make it into the kingdom of heaven? Listen to what he's telling you. You are going to be unable to enter because, this is God's word spelling it out for you, because of why? Unbelief. What will send you to hell? Unbelief. The rejection of this Savior, beloved. It will send you, me, your sons, your daughters, my sons and daughters, It will send anyone and everyone by rejecting this. There is no other offer of salvation. You will not enter the kingdom of heaven, the eternal rest of God. As Psalm 1611 says that in your presence, there is fullness of joy, pleasure forevermore. There's rest there. And they were unable to enter because of unbelief. So today, when you hear and wonder how serious is this today, how serious it's so serious, it's about the eternity of your soul. The hardening of our heart that happens in little moments like it did with mine. That's what happens. It just begins to slowly. It's a slow fade that just begins to move you further and further away from the things of God. But beloved, blessed be his name for there is a Savior who sought me when a stranger. There is a Savior who sought me even though I was wandering from the fold of God. There is a Father who's sitting on the porch looking for you even though you're in a far off country today. It's the goodness of the gospel. That's why it's good news. There's a lot of bad news that's coming from this, but beloved, there's some good news. There's a God who desires to rescue you from your hard heart. So that brings us to the third thing. All right? I know Tom's here, so let me pick up. How do we overcome a hard heart? Thirdly, I want to answer this. Right? How do we overcome a hard heart, or how can I soften my heart? Right? I think that's an important question we would ask from today's text. Is there any hope for me? Right? So, number one, first and foremost, I want to share this. The softening or the changing of the heart is a work of God. Listen to the prophet Ezekiel says two different times. Ezekiel chapter 11, verse 19 through 20. God's speaking about the hardness of his people's hearts, right? They just, they don't desire him. Look what he says. There's going to come a day, verse 19 of Ezekiel 11, and I will give them one heart and a new spirit I will put within them. Look what he says he's going to do. God's going to remove the heart of stone from their flesh. Look what he says. And he's going to give them a heart of flesh. Why, God, are you doing this? So what he says, verse 20, tells you why. That, here's the reason, that they may walk in my statutes. They may keep my rules and obey them, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. He's saying, listen, no one, you can't change your heart, but God is going to ultimately send the remedy. He's going to send the one who can save you, who can change further. Ezekiel 36, 26 and 27. Similar wording, but he, he, he flushes out something different here. I want to see. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I, look what he's going to do. He's going to put my spirit within you. And notice what happens here. It's going to cause something to happen. Listen to what's going to happen. It's going to cause you to walk in my statues and be careful to obey my rules. Coming to Christ, repenting of your sins, putting your faith and trust in Him is not only about you dying and going to heaven. It is also that you would receive the Spirit of God that will transform your living here and now. It will change your heart, your desires, right? The heart is the indication of the thoughts, the emotions, right? The choices, right? Our will. It's God transforming us. And today the good news is offered that whosoever will may come to this blessed Savior, 
So when you hear that today and you say, oh, Blake, I noticed the hardening of my heart. Blake, I, 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 by the grace of God today, right now, I'm seeing the hardness of my heart. Then, beloved, come to Christ. Come running, even believer, listen, come running to Christ. Listen, because the Spirit of God within you, listen, the Spirit of God within you will not tolerate disobedience to God's Word. That's what the writer of the New Testament says. The Spirit which lives within us envies intensely. The Spirit does not delight in our disobedience and rejection of God and His Word. And the Spirit will be at work in you, beloved, to cause you to want to walk and obey these so listen, yes, absolutely. It's the Word of God, right? And that, that's why it's so important that you're here, hearing God's Word. Right? It's God's Word. Hearing faith comes through hearing the message. The message heard through the Word of Christ. Romans 10 and 17. Right? It's God's Word as you hear God's Word pouring over you. But it's not only that God's Word, right? Listen, that doesn't mean you're idly sitting by. Listen to what the writer of Hebrews says. Verse 13. But exhort one another every day. So listen to this, this call. This call to exhort, some translations render it encourage, has the indication of coming alongside of another believer, right? Which, which echoes familiarity to what the Holy Spirit does, but exhort. So it, it's indicating that as a believer, the Spirit of God in you will desire for you to walk beside others, to come alongside of them, to encourage them. Look what it says. Encourage one another what? Every day. Every day. As long as it is called today, and here's the reason why. We already talked about it, so I'm just going to point it out again. That none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. He's saying, listen, God has given us the church. He has given us other believers to encourage you, to walk beside of you. Listen, some of you, listen, you be honest. You'd say, I haven't had that experience. I had some really hard times, and I'm not sure anybody in this church or maybe the church you were in previously, that nobody came beside you. I want to say I'm sorry. That may be me. But I want to compel you to forgive this church or that church or those churches and those believers and allow God to use you in the life of others to be as you wish that others had been to you. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. And now listen, that's hard because your heart will be hard. All right, like... You didn't care about me. Where were the phone calls? Where were the texts? Where were the meetings? Right? Where were the letters? Where was the food? Where was it just, I'm caring about you. I'm thinking about you today. Like, where were you? Like, if you're not careful, right, the hardness of our heart would just say, I'm done with those folks. I'm done with that spouse. I'm done with those parents. I'm done with that person at my job. I'm done with that church. And he says, listen, so, so, so what I, I want to compel you to do is, it's hard in the midst of a gathering this size for you to have intimacy with other believers. You need that. Sunday school or small groups, right? Bible studies in your home. I'm like, you need intimacy with other believers. So I want to, I want to invite you. I want to encourage you. Some of you, it's time to make a next step. Come get connected to a Sunday school class. Come invest in the lives of others spiritually. Go deeper. Some of you, it's time you're going to share some junk. Some of the hardness of your heart may have to come out and just say, listen, would you please pray for me? I am in a bad shape between me and God or between me and that person. You need to just today, you just say, I just need to be encouraged. And sometimes it's encouraging because some of you have stories in which you once were hardened. And by the grace of God, he softened you that you could forgive that spouse. You could forgive that church. You could forgive that person that's done you wrong in the community. 
And you can be an encouragement to that person to say, you too, by the grace of God, can make it through this. So we need the church. I want to warn you, some of you, again, you hear this and you think that you're immune to it. You think that it doesn't really matter the people that are your golfing or fishing buddies or the people you follow on Facebook or the podcast you listen to, the radio stations, the TV, what you're watching. But all of that is either influencing you toward Christ or away from it. And some of you listen, you think that you're above that, like you're more Christian, you're more spiritually mature. Well, I, I just want to remind to pump the brakes when I think that way, because I do at times. I, I have that struggle, and maybe some of you have that struggle at times. I want to remind you to pump the brakes, not because I'm saying it, because Paul said it in 1 Corinthians 15, 33. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts what? Good character. Some of you think it doesn't matter who you hang with, who you run with, what you watch, what you say, the music you listen to. And Paul says, you're being deceived. He says, don't do it. Bad company. Some of you, listen, I'll speak to young people for a moment. You need to listen to mom and dad, grandma and grandpa. That person in your life who loves and cares for you, they see things that you don't see. And they're trying to tell it for your own good. And sometimes it's just hard to hear that and you want to harden your heart. I'm telling you, and the church might say amen this morning, that mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, that person that loves and cares about you will be there long after the party and the people and the friends and all of them are long gone. Can I get a witness, parents? Come on. Grandparents, spiritual leaders. Man, there's so much more. Let's close with this. Oh, to grace, how great a debtor. Daily I'm constrained to be. Let that goodness like a fetter bind my wandering heart to thee. You hear this today. You know you're struggling with your heart. You know it. You know you've got a wandering heart today. You just you just cry out. I've just been crying out this verse. God, bind my wandering heart to thee. Prone to wonder, Lord, I, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart. Oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. God, don't let me abandon the gospel. Don't let me abandon my family. Don't let me abandon loving the community. Don't let me abandon loving and caring for other church members. Oh, God, I'm so weak. Is there any other weak people out here? Then maybe you just come and as a debtor. Cry out, give me more grace. Please help me, God. This morning, I plead with you, don't harden your heart. Wake up to the deceitfulness of sin. It's deceiving in your life. It's deceiving you. It's leading you away. Thirdly, realize that only God can transform your heart. So call out to Him today. Change my heart, O God. Forgive me. I believe on the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Confess that name as your Lord and Savior. And then commit to being a part of the local church who can encourage you and walk beside you. There's rescue for the hard hearts. And that rescue is one person, and his name is Jesus. Would you come? Let's pray. Father, Today I'm joyed because I know that you, by the power of your grace and the strength of your spirit, 
could change my heart. As determined as it was the other day, just to be an absolute jerk, you changed my heart, oh God. So Lord, I, I know because you could change a heart like mine that you can change a heart like anybody else's here today. So Father, I pray right now, your word, it, your word says, your word is like a hammer hitting the hard place of our heart. You know the hard hearts, the hard spots, the spots that maybe have been tucked away, hidden. God, you know them right now. I pray that your word today, God, your word today, God, has been that hammer and it's hitting those hard places. And God, you are bringing us by your kindness and your love to repentance. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Todd Young with Greensburg Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us today. If you've accepted Christ during today's podcast, we would love to hear from you and connect you with a home church in your area. Or if you have questions regarding a relationship with Christ, Brother Blake and I would love to speak with you. Please contact us at the church office at 270-932-4495 or connect with us through our website at greensburgbaptist.com. In addition, you may visit our website anytime to access the sermon videos and podcast of any recent sermon. You may also subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes store. Have a great day today.